Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hour 2, Lake Show, News Talk, 830-WCCO. I'm a big-time Wolves fan, but I'm still shocked at the start of the season for the Minnesota Timberwolves sitting here now with the best record in the league. And they've had that for a while. But 20-5? and five? Are you serious? Should we trust it? Let's check in and talk Timberwolves basketball with uh, Jace Frederick, beat writer for the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press. He joins us here on The Lake Show via the John Chuchicola Banker Hotline. Uh, Jace, when I look at this 20-5 and five start, what has been the biggest surprise in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I really think it has just been the fact that they are an elite defensive team really on a nightly basis. Um, That was not something even a couple years ago I would have said was possible on a team that had Anthony Edwards, who doesn't always, you know, who sometimes will kind of lose track of the assignment on the defensive end. Carl Anthony Towns has never been like a consistently good defender. So I didn't know those being like your two premier players, if you could ever have a consistently elite defense, but night after night, they're, they're the best there is in the league as a team. Um, I, I think we all thought like they could be good, especially when they got Rudy Gobert, like a top 10-ish unit. But number one and number one by a mile, um, that was tough to predict. That's been It's been really impressive. It's been their calling card. It's been why they've been more consistently great than anybody in the league right, up to this point. Yeah, it's been quite amazing. What do you make of, or, or has he stated why there's been such a difference in his flourishing this year, and that would be Rudy Gobert. Why is he so drastically different this year as opposed to last year? I, I know some of it has to do clearly with you know, chemistry and probably Mike Conley and just being more familiar with everything here and, and feeling more comfortable, but is there anything beyond that? Yeah, I mean, I think Rudy will always talk about, you know, like everybody buying in on that end defensively um, and like how when guys take their assignment more seriously and, and do the proper things and provide the proper resistance, like that allows him um, when he's not facing somebody who's coming down full speed downhill um, and it's kind of puts him in a, in a no chance situation. But when the guy has to like work to get to that point, and that's why that's when Rudy becomes that ultimate enforcer. That's really tough to get past. Rudy will say that. Um, I think other people will kind of allude to the health. I think Chris Finch will say like, yeah, this is a better Rudy. And 
I think a lot of people think, you know, just the back stuff that he kind of battled off and on last year showed itself a lot. He just didn't look that explosive last year, um, didn't look that quick. I think the back stuff had a lot to do with it. He came in in a much better physical place this year, and that's clearly shown. Like, he looks like a incredibly different athlete yep. um, than he did a year ago. And I think, I think above all else, that's it. Rudy hasn't really said, like, the healthy stuff as much. Um, but it, it's pretty clear, I think, to anybody who's watched this team this year versus last year, that he, he just looks like a different like specimen this year than he did a year ago. No question. He looks athletic. Um, he looks spry. He didn't look any of those things last year. We're talking to Jace Frederick from the St. Paul Pioneer Press here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. And last night, the Wolves came roaring back in uh, in their game yesterday against the Miami Heat, getting the 112-108 to victory in Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler uh, did not have a good night for the Miami Heat. Uh, Jimmy Bu- uh, Jimmy Buckets only had oh, I don't want to say didn't he didn't have a, a a good night, but he only had 15 points last night. What, what do you make of just overall that comeback? Because for a while there, it looked like we were going to get run out the gym, and they just came storming back. Yeah, it's like a weird thing in that like Minnesota's openings like their first half or so of games particularly offensively but also defensively last night too just have not been very sharp of late i know chris finch harps on that for every game and they're all wins so it just kind of seems like nitpicking but they have not been good out of the gates um recently and, and a lot of that has been offensively just a little stagnant um he just feels like they're just constantly kind of feeling the game out early i think that was pretty prevalent last night as well um i think miami's physicality defensively was something they haven't seen in a few games so it threw them off and I think maybe kind of frazzled them a little bit, caused some bad decision-making. Um, but the thing about it is, like, every time they've started poorly, they've been able to turn it around every single time. And coming out of the locker room last night for the third quarter, like, they were, the, they were their third-quarter selves. And it, that's just been a group that that's really when they tighten the screws defensively. That's when they seem to have what the opponent is trying to do defensively figured out. The adjustments are made, and, like, this group is so talented that – once they clearly know what the opponent is doing and what their plan of attack needs to be, that's when their talent really kind of flourishes. And offensively, they seem to find another gear. A lot of that also comes from like easy buckets that come from the defensive stops, from the amped up uh, pressure that comes on that end of the court in the third quarter. So the second half of every game, really, this team kind of seems to pull away. But for them to do it against a real quality opponent, a team that was in the NBA Finals a year ago, a team that was healthy last night as well, um, that was really impressive. I think, I think, as far as road games go, that was their most impressive win to date this season. And to do it in that comeback fashion, like the dominance they showed over the final two quarters was really something. Where do you put Mike Conley in the conversation uh, amongst really good point guards that the Minnesota Timberwolves have had? And I'm not going to sit here and say he's the best that they've ever had. I mean, we had Steph. Sam Cassell was out of his mind, ridiculous the year that that he when he first got traded here. But w- I think that what he has given this team, his leadership – um, and the way that he plays and the clutch shots that he makes, I, I think that he's kind of flying under the radar. I know that there are fans that give him some some props or whatever, but what he means to this team, I think, is a little bit more than what, maybe what the, the national perspective or national level will give him. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's hard to, like, rank him in terms of guys that have ever played here because his role is different. Like, it's not he's not somebody who's leaned on for big, like, offensive production because Frankly, they need a point guard who doesn't need a lot of shots because you have a bunch of guys around you who, in their own ways, kind of demand the ball. Um, and But Mike Conley has been such a great floor general, such a great distributor. He's always like, even if he's not involved in the action, he's just in the right spot offensively. Like last night, Miami is constantly trying to switch Jimmy Butler onto Mike Conley to get like that mismatch. Miami does a lot of that with their offense. Like, how do we get the switch, the mismatch, and then we attack it? 
well, A, like Mike Conley's a smart enough player to like figure out what they're doing and kind of like pre-switch things and whatnot. So he doesn't always end up on Butler. And then when he does, like he's so solid defensively that it is the last thing uh, from like a free bucket for Miami. It's just those little things that he does along with the clutch shot making. Obviously he made his first four triples last night, including a big one in transition that finally put Minnesota out in front. Like that along with just like running the show offensively, it's, he's just the perfect piece on this team. He really has been kind of the thing that tied it all together. It, it doesn't seem like any mistake that, it was like shortly after Mike Conley got here last year is when things started to look like, oh, okay, I kind of see the vision here when it really looked like a, a mess uh, for a lot of the time before that. Like he is kind of the straw that stirs this whole drink and makes it all work together. Um, so I don't, I don't know in terms of like best point guards or whatever that they've had here, but in terms of like most important, um, he's, he's pretty high up on that list. All right, tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I look at Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and I think he's one of the best values for what he's being paid in the NBA this season in the entire league? I, I think it's hard to find a better steal of the summer than Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I had an agent tell me this once when I was like discussing different player values, and they were like, GMs do not watch other teams play. <laughs> like, and, and that sounds crazy, but like, they're just, there's not a lot of like, there's not a great depth of knowledge of every player in the league from like the top decision makers. And I think that rings true with like a Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He was up standing in the playing game against OKC last year. He was really good chasing Jamal Murray around for that whole first round series. Like he showed like he is a playoff player, which is the highest value player you can have. And for him to go two years, $9 million, um, that's insane value, especially like Bruce Brown, obviously is a part of a championship caliber team and is an important player on that team. But for the gap to be, he gets 22 million and Nikhil Alexander Walker gets like four and a half. That's insane to me. Uh, he is so good defensively. They have defensive depth, like wing depth, which they did not have a year ago. The drop off from Jane McDaniels to Nikhil Alexander Walker is almost non-existent on the defensive end right now. And part of that's probably because Jaden's still kind of working his way into the season, but like Nikhil Alexander Walker is that good. I think he's like 98th percentile and uh, estimated defensive plus minus. And like that matches the eye test. He fits in at any lineup. Uh, he can shut anybody down. He, he's taking like the hardest matchups whenever he goes in the game and opponents are shooting less than 40% on him this year. Like it's he, I cannot state how good he has been enough. Um, he's been tremendous. awesome. I totally agree with you. It's the value is absurd. It's absurd. He, he's been awesome. And, and look, the depth with this team, I think, has been discussed, has been talked about, not just locally, but also nationally. But you know what else Nikhil Alexander-Walker does? He bails out somebody who I believe has been a bust. They get nothing out of Wendell Moore Jr. And I just, mm-hmm. he just, and I've, and I've said this, and I'm going to always think this way, you have to get, they don't have to be stars, but in the first round, you got to get people that at least can come off your bench and give you something. They have to be solid role players. I'm talking about first-round picks. Wendell Moore Jr. is not going to be, nor should he, be extended a contract offer moving forward with this team because it's just not there, man. And when you're able to get guys on the cheap like a nah, I'm, I'm totally with it. Josh Minot has done more for the Minnesota Timberwolves than Wendell Moore Jr. has. Yeah, I agree with that. Neither, obviously, has contributed much. But, like, with Josh, you see, I think he's just a younger player in general. Um, He's just a little more raw. and So I think you see, like, potential of where he can go, and he has already contributed more. You're right about that. You see, like, in the Memphis Grizzlies, I mean, how many deep picks in, like, the 20s and late 20s that they've missed on? And right now they have no depth um, as a team. So when they're missing a few guys, like, they're just not a very good team. And as you have to pay more and more of your stars, like Memphis has had to, like Minnesota now has had to, you do have to get those picks right because that is – 
that has become like six, seven, eight, nine, you know, in your rotation. And so when those guys can't produce or contribute, your team becomes much worse for it. Now, Minnesota got very lucky, uh, frankly, that, that Nikhil Alexander-Walker did not have a market this offseason um, because I don't know if they would have been able to pay it. Somebody had been like, yeah, we'll actually give them three for 24, um, you know, but but he's filled in beautifully. Um, Wendell Moore Jr., I think, is a, is a case study in, like, role players in college basketball probably aren't good enough to be role players in the NBA. Like, you have to take guys who have elite skills in college and then form them into role players in the NBA. Um, I, unless, I unless, you got, unless you got elite player development. Yeah, sure. But, like, it's just, like, if you don't already come into the league with, an, with like, an elite skill of something, like, what is, like, a skill you can hang your hat on? Yep. Then it's really hard. You know, like, it's yep. hard to, like, you just don't have that that thing that, that makes us have to put you on the floor. Um, and it's so much easier to take somebody, like, they can do this really well, and then we'll work out work on everything else. Um, so I think that might be something they probably have to consider moving forward. Like, a glue guy in college doesn't necessarily train. There aren't a lot of glue guys in college that just make it at the NBA level. That just hasn't really happened. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. All right, final thing for Jace Frederick from the St. Paul Pioneer Press here on the Lake Show on News Talk, 830 WCCO. Wolves have been spectacular. 20-5 and five is the record right now, but they got a rough stretch coming up here. Like, like mm-hmm. we, this is this is going to be a bona fide, like, this is where you prove it between now and January the 1st, New Year's. You got Philly and L.A. on a back-to-back. You play in Philly tomorrow night. Then you come right back home and you play the Lakers on Thursday. And then you've got Sacramento, Oklahoma City. Then next Thursday you got Dallas. And then you follow that up with the Lakers again. And then you go on the road and place, uh, face New York. And then you face New Orleans. This is one hell of a stretch. And I think that they're going to have uh, some things to prove out here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it. the thing is, like, as I've kind of noted this this season, like, you look out at the schedule, it's like tough game, tough game, tough game. It's like, but then somebody goes down and then somebody else is on a back to back. And then just like, and then it's like, it doesn't turn out to be as difficult as you originally thought. True. Like the Lakers game, it's second half of a back to back for Minnesota. It's also the second half of a back to back for the Lakers. And who, which, which of those two teams is more likely to sit some guys in the second half? Probably the Lakers, right? Uh, so there's a pretty good chance, I bet, that it's Minnesota at full strength versus the Lakers not at full strength on Thursday. But this Philadelphia game will be really difficult. Um, the OKC, Sacramento's already beaten Minnesota this season. Like, if I wouldn't, like, there are some teams that certainly present Minnesota some challenges. New Orleans obviously beat Minnesota, though Anthony Edwards didn't play in that game. Like, it wouldn't be surprising if Minnesota eats a couple losses. But I think what they've shown already is, like, they can compete with anybody um, in at any location. Um, so I, I would expect them to rise up and play to the level of these teams pretty closely to a nightly basis. Do I think they'll win all those games? No. Do I think, you know, maybe they emerge with three losses? That happens when you face a really difficult schedule. Like teams lose games throughout the NBA season. But I think I've got a lot of confidence just what we've seen lately, what we saw last night, just like that this team will find a way – defensively or whatever the case may be, to at least hang around and compete in almost all of these games and grow, even yep. through losses. Like, just continue to kind of sharpen their 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 abilities. Yep. Hey, Jace, man, always a pleasure to have you on the show. I will see you on Thursday. Uh, I'm actually going to make the all next right. the next couple of games here, Lakers on Thursday and then the, uh, the Mavericks that follow on Thursday. So uh, I'll see you on Thursday, my man. I love it, Lake. See you then, man. All right, take care. That's Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press joining us here talking Timberwolves basketball. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. And the timing of a significant fine couldn't have come at a better time for air travelers. We get to that next. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I love the fact that the Department of Transportation have levied a big fine, excuse me, to Southwest Airlines. I love it. I think that this is great for the consumer. This is great for the air travelers. And it's, it's, it's sending a message to Southwest and I think to all of the airlines out there for what happened a year ago with everybody getting delayed, flights canceled, the disruption that saw thousands of people um, – their travel plans over the holidays disrupted. What they have done here with this, because Southwest Airlines announced they've been fined $140 million. What this has done is it puts Southwest on notice. This can't happen again. Enough. I think the timing of this is perfect, Chris, because what they've done is the week before Christmas, they're letting everybody know Southwest Get your act together. What happened last year better not happen this year. So you need to handle your business and take care of this. And the airline, they shared that information about the fine, which is the largest penalty brought down on the airline for violating consumer protection laws ever. And um, the Department of Transportation stated that Southwest violated the law on numerous occasions when it failed to aid its stranded Travelers, I say bravo. This is this is this is your okay. This is your wake up call. Don't screw this up again. You screw this up again, you're gonna have a lot more problems. There have been more times than not that, that people get frustrated with airlines because they always feel like there's always some sort of a, a metaphorical parachute that's going to be handed to them. You know, when they were in financial difficulties, guess what? Spin the wheel, make the deal. Get bailed out. Bail out. Bail out. Yeah, let's go. So there's no accountability. I feel 
that's kind of the impression that I got. Like last year, it's like you can put out all of these statements. Oh, you know, we, we apologize for this and that and the other. But the fact is you guys just completely screwed up so many people's plans. And, and I mean, you you made life hell for people. And this is how you need to pay because this is how I don't know if this is ultimately going to make a difference. It's a lot of money. I mean, $140 million is a lot of money for that meltdown. But I don't know that that's necessarily even going to be enough to make a difference for them because, you know, it's going to happen again. I mean, how can you prevent this from happening over and over again? Yeah. You, you, you know, as the you know, Department of Transportation said that they violated the law on numerous occasion when it failed to aid their stranded travelers. It's going to happen again. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical of. But what this, the, but this, but this works as a, as a deterrent, though. It, 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 it does to a certain extent. No, that's what I'm saying. To a certain extent, like if, if, if things go, go left, they're gonna go left, right? But they understand that. They understand what the hot water is. They understand what the temperature is. A year ago, they didn't understand what the temperature was. Yeah. Because, you know, they just probably were like, you know what? You're getting delayed. You're getting rerouted. You're getting your travel plans disrupted. Deal with it. And the Department of Transportation is like, no, these people will not just deal with it. You impacted 2 million people. Yeah. Not my, as my friend Ryan says, not my monkey, not my circus. And that's a pretty good way to describe this. Because I feel like there's so much, you know, passing the buck. It's like, it's not my problem. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is a you problem. This is something that you have to deal with. This is something that's out of my control. When a lot of these passengers, yet, how are they, I don't know, unless you're putting, unless you can reimburse each and every one of those individuals that you impacted, I I look at this and I'm like, I just kind of scroll past it and I don't even give it the time of day because to me, that's like pennies in the you know pennies in the couch cushion. That's how I look at it, and I I don't want to be skeptical or a pessimist over it. But those people, like last year, how could you have compensated them to the point that they feel like you genuinely cared about them? I, I don't. I don't know. I am. I'm just. I'm a pessimist when it comes to companies actually feeling genuine remorse for messing up people's plans. Yeah, this is. I hope that Southwest has learned their lesson. There's something that tells me that they will figure it out and get it right this year. And you know, hopefully, there won't be extreme temperatures or things that will cause a lot of disruption, or whatever. But I know this. Oh, I don't want to say I know. We'll see how it plays out. I believe that they will get it right this year. This year. This, it, it, that's, that's why <laughs> so I said I did, it. I didn't that, mean to step on your no, touchdown that, goal. That's, that's why I said it like that because typically when you get your hand slapped, <laughs> yes. you're, you're, you're good for a year, maybe two, whatever, but then you get a little relaxed and all that, whatever. Then, like like Draymond. Draymond, he'll play. He'll, he'll be all right for, the, for, for, again. for three, four games. <laughs> then Draymond going to do something stupid again. Yeah. John Morant, he returned tonight. Yeah. He might do something stupid next week. On TikTok. Don't give him a firearm or have him go up to a teenager and he'll be fine. My gosh, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, over under two years until we're dealing with another Southwest fiasco. Yeah.
All right, coming up next, we'll take a look at the local weather. And then uh, yesterday was a day that I'll never forget. I'd love to remember somebody that was near and dear and special to me. We do that next year on The Late Show. Yesterday was a day I'll never forget. You know, in life, when you come across special people, I believe that you honor them when they passed on. And a special person that I want to talk about here in this segment is Jack Walter Moskowitz, one of my former teachers um, at Minneapolis North High School. Mr. Moskowitz was... He, he was an amazing man. you talking about popular. He was larger than life, man. Caring, gregarious. He was wise. He was supportive. He was understanding. You know, one thing that my mother told me, at the start, right after I graduated from college, and my first job that I ever had was working at Southwest High School. And my mother told me from the jump that kids, students, they know when you care about them. And that is something that everybody felt with Mr. Moskowitz. They cared about everyone. I know that yesterday, esteemed educator, one of his former students, who I'm really good friends with, Mike Favor, he spoke at the service. And I remember he said something that really touched me. And he said about Mr. Moskowitz that he saw humanity in everyone that he encountered. That's lost, man. Seeing humanity in everybody that you deal with, That's something special in a person. You can encounter a teacher that looks at you and they accept you for who you are. They don't judge you. They don't stereotype you. They don't look at your flaws and say that that defines you. That's why Mr. Moskowitz is one of the one of our most favorite teachers that we ever had. If you had an issue, you knew you can go talk to him. I really knew I could talk to him because, well, (laughs) he was friends with my mother. He knew my mother from education circles and everything, and they had a, 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 my mother had great respect for Mr. Moskowitz. Anytime she had any question about what I was doing in his class, oh, she knew. Just call, call Jack, and he he's going to keep it real. I've had a few teachers um, that influenced me past this year. Um, this one, and they all hit different because they all have a unique place in your heart. And, um, you know, yesterday... That was actually the first time I think I've ever been to um, a Jewish memorial service, funeral. And um, it was a joy to see so many people 
come remember him and honor him for loving his community. And as I stare here at this picture and look at his obituary in the Star Tribune, I'll just read just a couple things. Born on June 16, 1940, Jack grew up in Minneapolis and graduated from Minneapolis North High School, where he later returned to inspire and educate generations of students for an incredible 34 years. His passion for teaching went beyond the classroom as he touched the lives of countless individuals with his guidance, kindness, and commitment to fostering learning. He felt like he actually learned more about living in a multicultural, diverse community than he could ever give back. And Jack was not only an educator, but a devoted father to his only son, Lenny Moskowitz. And I was so happy to, to meet Lenny um, You know, Lenny had sent me some messages, and he said, man, he was like, my dad loved listening to your show. He's proud that, you know, you were one of his students. And I think in that particular moment, it makes you feel like you've achieved something in life. When one of your teachers feels like you've done right by them, that made me feel good. I'll, I'll I'll take those words from Lenny for the rest of my life and feel good about that. Feel great about it, actually. And he loved his son. I know that he had mentioned his son to me several times. It's been years since I'd seen Mr. Moskowitz. But um, but I knew that he listened to me um, at KFAN and, and throughout the years. And and um, that that really makes me feel good inside. I feel so touched um, when I get a chance to, to connect with people that helped instill so much in me. I don't know how how you look at it, Chris, but when um, when I look back at my life, man, I feel super blessed. Like when when I think back to my school days. I got to be honest with you. I don't care if it's Minneapolis North High School or if it's the Breck School. I feel like I had the best teachers on planet Earth. I feel like one of the luckiest people in the world because the experience that I've had from whether it's Breck or North or Lincoln or Jordan or Cleveland or Ascension or Franklin or Morehouse, whatever – you cherish all the special people, and Mr. Moskowitz fits right into that camp. I don't know if, if there are any people that you've had that, that like stood out there in the educational uh, sense, but he definitely was one of mine. I've had some that I'm still in touch with. They didn't, they didn't influence me as emotionally as it has for you. But I also feel, Henry, that your mom being an educator that that like, that that made a difference. Yeah, it, it it does because at home with your mom being in that position, you understand the respect that should be given to those that are trying to better you, and 
ironically, the the respect that they will give you back. And it, it is very concerning nowadays when you see the 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 interaction between students and teachers and how it becomes very adversarial. And you you miss that genuine connection that you feel with somebody that you can tell has had a direct influence. I can think of one. Uh, his name's Alex Kachuk, who was uh, someone that I also kind of stayed with when I had some personal issues, you know, at home when I was younger. But he was he was my science teacher. Mm-hmm. His wife was was also a teacher, and you get to see these people on a personal level and you develop more than a student. And and I kind of get the sense from you, Henry, it was more than just a student teacher relationship. It became a genuine friendship once you got past graduation and you continued into adulthood. And that's not something that everybody can take with them. I think that people have to understand that that when you interact with these individuals that are tasked with educating you, the bond that you create, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. beyond the classroom, that's a special thing. When you see a teacher that's impacted your life and you see them out in the community and you have that rapport with them, that that's a special thing. And I don't... I don't think I, I I ever took that for granted, you know. I, I feel like I feel like some people do. I I, I think, feel like well, it, times have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it used to be changed. you're you know okay, you're my teacher. Once we're done, you know what I'm done. Don't talk I, to me. I don't. Yep. You know, you and I are different now. But again, it just it it shows the respect though that you had for him, and I mean a, a lot of the. You know, people in your life, Henry, that have come from the education, you know, background, because that's where you were, you know, that's your background before you got into the media business. It's very genuine. And I can tell looking at you right now and your facial expression. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people can hear it in your voice, but I'm physically looking at you Mm -hmm. and it's it's hard to not feel that genuine connection and emotion. And I would say that you're lucky because absolutely I know you you are, you know, one of the few that through the years you still have one of your, you know, one one of the people that help influence you the most to come back to you and say, You did me proud. Exactly. I, I don't know if there's anything that could be more crowning for an educator, a teacher, anybody like that, than to say that may, you that, did me that proud. That makes educate, educators know that the work that they put in, it was all worth it. That that's that's what matters at that's the end the of the key. day. Yeah, that's that, the that's key. that that is the that is what gets teachers ultimately in a place where they feel like they accomplished their goal of assisting young people with their lives because in, in, in education. When 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 you're able to look at somebody. And they've done good with themselves, and they've taken the lessons that you gave them, and they were able to springboard that into a good life. Then that's 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 a great legacy. And, and real quick, I just want to finish by saying this: looking back at his obituary in the Star Tribune, um, I just got to read this line. His legacy lives on 
in the countless students he inspired, the family he cherished, and the friends who were touched by his kindness. Love you, Mr. Moskowitz, and um, absolutely going to miss you. And my condolences go out to the family. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to headlines. That's next here on The Lake Show. All right, let's dive right into headlines here on The Lake Show. Let's see what Christopher Tubbs has up his sleeve on this uh, Tuesday evening. What should we be hearing about? What should we be knowing about with headlines? Well, you were just talking about the uh, Southwest Airlines being fined substantially for some of their misgivings. The debacle of 2022. The debacle. Well, ahead of a busy travel season, airport workers and DFL State Senator Aaron Murphy are calling for higher wages and affordable health care. The union representing over 1,000 subcontracted airport workers gathered at MSP Airport ahead of a meeting of the Metropolitan Airports Commission, which has so far refused to negotiate with union workers. Murphy stressed the risk that the airport staff take working their jobs, highlighting the need for affordable health care. Quote, they can be injured in the workplace. They're working in close proximity to other people where you can easily catch something from another person. They need meaningful coverage in order to protect themselves, to get health care when they need it, and to protect their families. Murphy says the airport could not function without its frontline staff. Quote, we don't have the benefit of travel without the people who staff our airports, the people who clean the planes, move us on the wheelchairs if necessary, check our baggage, and more. I'll say this right now, and we all know this. This isn't any breaking news, but I'll mention it anyway. That part is what could totally cause us to have horrible experiences with air travel. Is if there's some sort of strike, if a union's not happy with what's going on, mm-hmm. yeah, they could raise all kind of heck, <laughs> right? They, like, that would yeah, not be fun. No, and, and they, they they deserve it. Like, they... They're dealing with a lot of stuff there, man. You think yep. about all the people that are coming from all over the world and the things that, that are just give the people what they want. Give, give the, people the people what they, what they want. Hmm? I didn't even know the song. It's, no, it was, it was like kind of a hook for um, one of the rap songs from EP&D. Okay. Got to give the people, give the people, give the uh, people what they want. I, it might have been like an old, old jazz. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm thinking you got a to sample. give the people what you want. Okay, yeah. all right. Hey, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, a candidate for the Republican nomination for president, mm-hmm. has a book coming out next year on the legacy of a GOP hero, former President Ronald Reagan. Thresholds Edition, which is a conservative imprint at Simon & Schuster, announced Tuesday that it will publish What Would Reagan Do?, Life Lessons from the Last Great President on February 6th, which ironically, I believe was Ronald Reagan's birthday as well. I know that because that's my birthday too. It's amazing how much Reagan was able to achieve by sticking to his principles and connecting on a human level with those around him. Christie writes in the introduction, each chapter of this book is not only great history, it also contains a blueprint for bringing our country back to achieving big things at home and around the world. Christie's previous books include Let Me Finish, and Republican Rescue. What, what is he talking about? The I, I don't have a whole lot to say. I'm not a Chris Christie fan. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't get it. I, life lessons from the last great president? Yeah. That was the last great president? Apparently so. Jeez, he's taking shots at Bush. The Bushes, huh? Uh, I mean, hey. Oh, wow, he's taking shots at the Bushes. You know, Reagan, Reaganomics. Reaganomics. Hey, French star Matthew Perry died as a result of acute effect of ketamine and subsequent drowning, this according to an autopsy. 
The report, which was released last Friday by the Los Angeles Medical Examiner's Office, show Perry's blood tested positive for ketamine, which is known to treat anxiety and depression. At the high levels of ketamine found in his post, uh, post-mortem blood specimens, the main lethal effects would be from both cardiovascular overstimulation and respiratory depression. The report states the death was ruled an accident, according to the report. Perry was found floating face down in the pool of his Pacific Palisades home on October 28th. Authorities said at the time there's no foul play involved. The 54-year-old was found unconscious in a standalone jacuzzi. A spokesperson for the L.A. Fire Department said in a statement, Perry was reported to be receiving ketamine infusion therapy for depression and anxiety. And uh, it's it's just sad. Yeah, it is sad. It's sad that he was doing well. And, I mean, we we're all dealing with anxiety and depression of some sort. And to have that, it's it's... I hear that, and I just I get even more sad about it. Yeah, um, anytime that you see and hear about an accidental drowning or death or whatever it is, um, it's it yeah it it makes you sad. It really does. He was such a talented actor um, that people loved. Everybody loved him, and uh, but but I I think that they're um, I, I'm glad that we know this, like so, so people can understand, you know. If you're going through this and you're battling or whatever, and you're going the same in terms of what you're utilizing, yeah. know the uh, the effects of it. Yeah, and, and I mean, people get to say, "Well, it was all of these other." It was to pre- depression and anxiety, which are very, very common in most. I, I I take anxiety and depression meds. I'm not afraid to say it. So yeah, R.I.P. to uh, to Matthew Perry. Yes, yeah, and, and finally, Google has agreed to pay seven hundred million dollars and make several other concessions to settle allegations that it had been stifling competition against its Android app store, same issue that went to trial in another case that could result in even bigger changes. Although Google struck the deal with state attorneys, uh, attorney general in September, settlements terms won't revealed until late Monday in documents filed in a San Francisco federal court. The disclosure came a week after a federal court jury rebuked Google for deploying anti-competitive tactics in its Play Store for Android apps. So what do we get? I mean, I I don't know. I'll take whatever you can give me. I mean, apparently, every dollar helps. Yeah, apparently Google. Well, it it, it includes six hundred thirty million dollars to compensate U.S. consumers funneled into a payment processing system. The state attorneys general alleged drove up the prices for digital transactions. So, do you make a lot of digital transactions? Um, I don't do uh the, the Google the, stuff anymore. The, the in-app purchases. I have, I have a. I have a. Uh, yeah, I do, but that's um, I have an Apple phone though now. Oh, okay. So I don't utilize the Google stuff. Okay, I did have Google though. Yeah, but I'm not sure that I made a bunch of purchases though. See, I've got I, I've got an Android. I love it. I tried the uh, I tried the iPhone before. I I tried it. I I couldn't do it. Like I don't iPhones know. are the way to go. I I don't know. I can't do iPhones. It's the best out there. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll just have to take Google screwing me in the Play Store. What do, we, taking what do we do when we're stressed out? I go to the gym when I'm stressed out. But apparently, I'm uh, very much alone in my own camp. But what do you do? A very interesting recent survey. We get to that next year on The Lake Show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.